Sie hören Sport und Musik. In a world where fans fight over whether to call it football, football, or soccer, two German men defy the odds and call it Fußball. Bringing you inside the German-American Fußball experience. And now, here are your hosts, the Schnitzel Boys. Monday night, which means a schnitzel boys night. That's and right. Two sweaty, hairy German dudes talk about American soccer, <laughs> Amerikanische Fußball, <laughs> mit Bier und Brats, <laughs> mit Pils. Bitte ein Pils. Here on Monday night, it's two German dudes talking American soccer and German soccer, but mainly American soccer this week, as summertime belongs to American soccer. Bjorn, how are you doing, my co-host? I, I'm, definitely, I'm definitely sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Me too. We have to turn off our... It's summertime. It's 84 degrees here in Los Angeles, and I have to turn off my fan for the broadcast, so uh, I'm, I'm going to slowly sweat and melt. Yeah, the thing. What's it like in New York right now? Yeah, also pretty bad. I the last couple of days were very hot. This weekend, today it's a little less, but here in my little below loft kind of zauna. it's it's zauna. Yeah, zauna. My sauna. family, my family yeah. complains that it's too hot uh, in the rest of the house, and I say, oh, just spend twenty minutes in the office. Your room <laughs> will will seem much cooler then. Yeah, when I when I. Uh, Come out of here, I'm always like, oh, it's very nice in the rest of the house. Um, but yeah, without <laughs> the world. The, without the fans, the world is much cooler than this particular spot. Um, I was about to say, the world is on fire, but that's okay, because it's summertime. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so so, so your, your family has an honest perspective on how hot they are, and all you can offer is the counter perspective of like, oh yeah, well, it's hotter with me. <laughs> So spend time in the office, why don't you? Why don't you work a day in your life, huh? That's your solution to, the, to their query. Well, when you, yeah, uh, when you put it like that, um, yeah, that's, that a very, is that's a very, that's exactly, that's a very, that's a very German answer. That's I'm something afraid my dad so. would say. That's what I'm my dad would so. say. I am not yeah. a huge fan of, of, uh, of, you know, massive air conditioning. But uh, but it's it is too hot in this place. So something something's got to give. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Well, air conditioners, I think, caused the problem in the first place. One of those things where it's like we need it, but it, 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 for a long time it ruined our ozone. Now I'm not a scientist here. This might be a little whippy whoppy. And like because in Germany you don't find air conditioning. There's just not much air in Germany. There's not and there's tons of ozone. There's plenty of ozone because they never got rid of it because they have good environmental lines. Here in the United States, we're like, let's get pull the AC out since the 60s, and they just ripped the ozone apart, and now we have no ozone layer, so we need more air conditioning. So, so it's like a it's like a downward spiral. 
Um, now, uh, granted, there's no real facts to back that up. I'm sort of pulling out of my butt. If you want to talk about how true the validity of that, please talk to me in the comments. Send us an email. <laughs> we want more scientific. We're just analysis. going to yeah. We're, we'll just yes, exactly. <laughs> we just we have takes. Uh, we have hot takes. Way too hot takes. Too hot. And we have cold takes. Too hot. Too if hot. the takes were cold. We'd rip a hole in the opinion ozone layer. Oh, Okay, but we had a lot of soccer this week, and we had a big game between the two of us, didn't we, Bjorn? Stop it with that. Didn't we, Bjorn? What? How about this? How about this? I go all over the place. Let's go chronological. I went to the Galaxy game on Tuesday. Let's start on Tuesday and work our way. Oh, the cup game. Yes. The cup game. The Sacramento Republic. We had three cup games midweek and then a bunch of MLS games over the weekend. So let's start the cup. I went down to Dignity Health Sports Park, whatever the heck it's called, and I watched the LA Galaxy play the Sac Republic, Sacramento Republic. A really great supporters contingent from Sacramento. So for those of you that know, for those of you that don't know, Sacramento Republic was granted an MLS franchise because of how great they were. Great support. The city supported it. They just had a great, great minor league soccer team going on up there. Uh, and then, because I think a COVID or some owners pulled out or something, it got canceled. So Sacramento, Sacramento Republic is no longer on their way to MLS. So, so that's part of the equation. But they're still a very passionate club, very passionate fans. And Tuesday was a great reminder to MLS. It's like, hey, we deserve to be here. And uh, they had a great contingent of fans coming down. Uh, there was a really vibrant and loud fan section. And even mm-hmm. where I was in the general admission area midfield, there was a, a crew of passionate Sacramento fans there. I would say the Galaxy fans obviously outnumbered them, but it wasn't bad. Uh, and it was a really fun night out. And uh, the Galaxy, Jonathan, Jonathan, Jonathan Klinsmann, Klinsmann was so impressed with this that he said, I, can, I will help. I will help the cause. <laughs> I will do my part. Oh, uh, he did. He did. <laughs> when Hatta Berlin complained about his work ethic, you see why. <laughs> it's like on the field. Uh, he's there, but it's like they were playing without a goalkeeper in net. Because like the the two or three times he was challenged, just went right past him, and he had nothing to offer really. It was uh, uh, yeah. That um, was it was kind of a career potentially career ending performance. Right? It's like uh, you, how as a coach you cannot put him. No, you can't play him. Can't again. put him back in. Yeah, and, and and he's a reserve keeper in MLS, so he went from being like he, he was at Hertha Berlin as one of the, like the brightest young German Americans, and he went to a, a DFB goalkeepers camp where people were rumored that he was going to uh, maybe switch to the allegiances to Germany, even though I don't think he speaks German. And then he went to Zurich Grasshopper Zurich for a few months. Uh, which didn't pan out. Now he's back at the Galaxy. And I think he started as a starter for a little bit, but he lost his spot. And you haven't seen him much. And then he gets a cup game. And, oh, boy, that second goal. I remember in the, in the stadium, <laughs> it just rolled and rolled and rolled. I've been playing a lot of Mario Super Soccer, whatever that new Mario Soccer game is on Nintendo oh. Switch. And it's a great game. where Mar- It's like Mario Kart, but for soccer. And you can't – like sometimes random goals just happen where you kick from midfield and just – goes in and you just can't control what makes the goal and what doesn't. When I was watching the Galaxy Sacramento game, the the Sacramento second goal was was a Mario Super Strikers style weird <laughs> midfield. It just rolled, rolled, rolled past. Yeah, I mean even even just in the highlights, you're sort of like, well, he's he'll get there eventually, <laughs> right? right? No, nope. like, nope, <laughs> nope. Went right around him in the goal, 
and it was and those so that was like Sacramento's two or three chances. They played on the counter and they played well, and they won two nothing. And LA Galaxy was very lackadaisical, even with Chicharito coming on the field, and uh, I think Douglas Costa has been such a bust for them. And it's Daniel Young or Bo Daniel Young in the comments saying tough week for NYCFC. Yes, but also tough week for the Galaxy. Because in addition to being eliminated, they're, they're cross-town rivals, the LAFC, uh, my secondary team, if you will, announced Gareth, Gareth Bale, Bale. For nothing. Yeah. For nothing. In addition to Chiellini, you know, and they're top of the league. So it's like LAFC are doing this season pretty hard. And the Galaxy, it's a lot of Chris Klein out, a lot of Greg Vanny out. You know, the Galaxy fans are left Oh, yeah, the Galaxy there. fans kind are. Kind of like. Yeah, they're they're mad, they're pissed, and uh, you know they're still in the playoff position in the league. But but you know it's the way they played on Tuesday. It's like the whole time I'm like they're not they're not going to get anything out of this game, and it showed. They just had nothing to offer. So that was Tuesday, uh, and then we had a Wednesday. Bjorn, tell me about Wednesday. You were there. You were at the. Game, I was right? I was there. I made my. Me and Max went uh, went out. Uh, my son, we went out to. To Jersey. I mean, I. It's not like I felt confident. We have a poor record against the Red Bulls recently, and in the U.S. Open Cup all time. I, don't, I think it's, I thought it was zero and three. I looked it up. It's only zero and two prior to this game. It's now now zero and three. And uh, but then we got there. I don't know. I felt sort of good. There was a lot of support, a lot of uh, uh, road support, and and the first half I thought we played solid didn't really uh didn't really score didn't generate a lot but the 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 front line just did not look good i think that's been even the the previous week against colorado like there was just there's just there was a lot of good i felt like a good passing out of the press you know obviously the red bulls love the the chaos gegenpressung and uh, but the, i think the i think the defense did a really nice job and the midfield actually um passing through the press and then the front line just pissed it away every chance they had i mean it was just some poor there was poor passing or even when they had to uh, open looks it they just didn't connect it was just very sloppy from the from the front three even though on on it looked like we were doing pretty well at least in the first half and the red bulls had some good chances in the first half as well at times but i would say they had the clearest one Right. They Perhaps. Had, they, yeah. They had, I, I, a, uh, a one-on-one or something. And it was a good save or good save from Sean Johnson and, uh, no, no, Sean John- uh, no, Luis Barraza. I'm sorry. That's you're correct. Luis Barraza. Right. Um, yeah. And, Daniel uh, Young, Red Daniel Bulls have our number. We need to put thought. We, we need to put fight a great performance against Atlanta United. We need to put forward perhaps a great performance against Atlanta United. That's right. We do have your number, my friend. Is it um, Atlanta? I thought we were playing Cincinnati next, I think. Is that maybe it's Cincy? I'll look it up. Is that quick. true? Um anyway, and uh Yeah, the I agree. Game. Luis Luis Barraza, Luis Barraza went went did well. And then, you know, like weird goal. Red Bull scored a weird goal in the second half. And well, then- well, there's a clear turning point in this game. There's a clear turning point in this game. And that's that silly, silly you know what's your biggest undoing was discipline. I think, I think yeah. for, the players are really think, riled up, which we'll talk about. I think about. this is, uh, yeah, I think this is, um, that's true. Was it and Thiago? Thiago, who, yeah, Thiago, yeah, Thiago just headbutted. 60th minute or something. Hit, he headbutted we, off, we, we, after we were the already, play. 
we were already down we were already done down one one zero but still still in it obviously and uh, then 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 the wheels came off and and uh we end up losing the game three three zero and yeah it's a really it was an odd um uh, yeah, it was an odd thing. Like, they, I mean, what you're saying is true. The lack of discipline. It is a little bit. There is this feeling, and and uh, again, yesterday in Philly, there was some of that too. The, the team sort of does feel like the they're being coached by an assistant. I right, mean, right. And and there, this sort cool. of there is this kind of like, oh, the boss left, and we get to do right. whatever we want. Like. There is just a lack of focus, a lack of uh, um, just tightness. Um, and it's uh, clear that this this transition is rough. Like, like how many games has it been? Three it's now. Been three three games. Four? Three games. And one. Three one, losses. Right. Uh, one. Well, we got a point against Colorado, and that game. Oh, got we sh- it. But but it was a that home game, game we should have. Yeah, that game yeah. we should have won. Really. And yeah, yeah. it's um, it's no, it's transition. not. It's not great. And uh, yeah, it really is. I mean, so what that means is this going to be part three of I'm upset that Ronnie Dyla left? I don't know. We we keep I keep uh, I keep complaining about that. Part three of four, perhaps. Part three of uh, part three of I don't know. Part three of (laughs) ten. Ten years down the road, it's like I can't believe when Ronnie Dyla left ten years ago. Everything uh, went to everything went to shit. He's the longest tenured coach in standard league history. He's been the coach there for 10 years. He has 10 league titles under his belt, but still he should come up. Now, um, A, I was going to say the game, you know, New York Rebels have our number. We were at home. Despite it was a feisty affair, it was a great match. Um, and then you took our Tom Edwards away. Talk about silly red cards. Tom Edwards got a red card after the final whistle. Really stupid. So now we can't play in our semis for us because he got into a tussle with, with one of your guys. Uh, then there was just a bunch of tussles. And then there was a fan tussle, like usual, afterwards. Were you involved in any of that? Yeah, I was, uh, I was, um, I mean, peripherally, I'm not, I'm not one to mix it up at this point in my life. Um, But yeah, there was, it all started, it started actually right in front of me. And I totally missed it. There was somebody set off a smoke bomb, Hmm. like two, two rows ahead of me. I don't know who did. And people then were, you know, because I, uh, some of the, um, you know, the third rail, the supporters group uh, uh, brass kind of was looking to me as like potentially, you know, a kind of an older, reliable person. It's like, oh, did you see what happened? I'm like, no, I honestly didn't. I was watching the game. I yeah. really had no idea what went on. But somebody set off a smoke bomb mm. and that kind of... Um, that's I guess so silly. I guess it's why, a big. Why even bring smoke bombs? I just don't get any yeah. of that stuff. Well, People I mean, have, uh, I don't know. Crap. It's not. It's not that big a deal. I don't think they're that dangerous necessarily no. in Germany, in in Europe, and other places. It's uh, this is more common that this happens. But in here, it's a no no, and especially in the away fan section, these kinds of things. No, get, I thought get frowned okay, so upon. I, I thought someone threw a. I thought someone no. threw a smoke bomb like, on the field. No, despite, this was within despite someone. No, no, no. This was okay. within within the the supporter section. But then you know security gets involved and everything. Everybody gets you know tempers just 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 uh, uh, rise when this happens. There's some because some of, of the some of the a yeah of, a lot of beer. Yeah. We're losing the game. For those of you who a, aren't involved in this thing, because I've been, I've been, 
Again, I've seen after that 7 nothing at Yankee Stadium, there was a big old tussle outside the stadium. I remember that. You can see the footage of it on YouTube. There's a lot of weird New York versus New Jersey hatred in general that transcends well, soccer. This and this rivalry not... feeds into that and like gets the world worst out of people sometimes um like, well this was the this was there. the worst this was the worst in stadium experience that i've had over there i mean i've been to a wow yeah. a good amount of these away games and i never think twice about being in the supporter section even with my son and like it's 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 uh, so it's, always, it's usually very come into the supporter section like, no it was then became yeah i'm not exactly sure this the 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 um the whole kind of I mean, I think the in general they were sort of there were some uh, uh, within the fans. You know, some people are like get upset when this happens because we're, it's not supposed to happen, and then some of the supporters feel the need to self police this and find find the people who did this. And so then there's there's a lot of that kind of thing going on, and then a lot of security right. came, and then there was uh-huh. some tussling, I think, between cops and some people right. and that happened sort of further away from me and i i was still watching the game so i also again i'm not sure what exactly what happened but this there was, was i saw the people during the game yeah and i i saw oh, wow. people um see i saw okay. people if i'm so mls take note whoever's broadcasting us open cup whether it's us soccer whoever does it like show it you know what i mean in the bundesliga when there's a tussle in the stadium, the first thing they do is they show it real quick. You know what I mean? Something to talk about. Like, I watched the game on TV, and I had no idea this was going on. Like, the camera should show it and be like, look, there's a tussle. Go check that out. Isn't that crazy? Then go back to the game. It's part of the narrative. I'm not supporting it anyway. But I'm saying, as far as, like, a broadcast goes, it's part of the story. So show it. I don't know. The fact that this happened during the game blows my mind. I thought there was just a fighting afterwards like like there usually is. No, no. I didn't know was, it was in the stadium and I didn't no, know it was, it was during the game. It was in the section and it wasn't even clear who was fighting who. But there were some people uh, I saw one woman especially who was very upset. She was sort of coming out of there crying and said she, oh, had, she, yeah. had, got, she had gotten hit and so Terrible. there was some stuff going on and I'm not sure who it was and what, what exactly happened. But this was really the most uh, uh, unpleasant or like sort of aggressive that I've seen the uh, you know the vibe was just weird and the same thing happened on the field there was like all these after after the game right. tussling between the players, players and and I think this is this does not uh, I think this plays into the hands of the Red Bulls you know who like the chaos they like I think I mean I would still even though we lost this game pretty clear I think you know I wouldn't I mean. I was going to say no offense, but it is going to be offensive. I would not trade a lot. I wouldn't trade any of of our starters for any of your starters, you know, necessarily. I don't think. I know, uh, but I think on paper, I think on paper, we're we're the better. It doesn't. No, we have the, the philosophy, philosophy of chaos. No, well, I, I disagree with the whole we thrive in chaos thing. I don't know if that's necessarily true. I, I don't think we embrace chaos either. I think they were just fired up and well motivated for the game. But the well, whole thing about Red Bull is—is is they're a cohesive unit. They're an eleven. It does sometimes it doesn't even matter who the coach is. It's just like it's just this free flowing thing that moves forward. You know, we need a number nine. We need a goal scorer. We sign one dude. Again, I've talked about this on a forum. Something I would love to sign. I would love to loan out Matthew Hoppy for the rest of the season. I think it'd be a win-win for everybody. We need a number nine. He'd play. 
Uh, he's trained at Schalke. He kind of understands the Gegenpressung was the same, the, gig, the, the the counter press system, and like. Uh, but the, the, the beauty about the Red Deer Rebels is a bunch of obscure dudes who play at their best because they're 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 the they're greater than the sum of all their parts. If I'm not if, if that's the phrase, you know what I mean. And they do such yeah, a good I mean, job think... being such a cohesive unit. Um, like for instance, against LAFC over the weekend, a little preview, they played without Lukinius and without Aaron Long, which are the two arguably biggest stars. They rested them because they had the midweek game against NYCFC, and they they they. LAFC is the best team in the league right now, and New York Red Bulls had the ball. They had way more shots on goal. They had uh, probably more opportunities. LAFC caught them on a couple of quick counters in the second half, which is why it was a 2-0 game. But the New York Red Bulls played a good game. I mean, the, 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 the up until for 70 minutes, they held real strong until, quote-unquote, the dam broke. Uh, but if they had Aaron Long and maybe Lucinius on the field, it might have been a different story. Uh, and I think mm-hmm. just as a team, and, you know, New York Rebels is a fraction of the budget that LAFC is paying for. LAFC is three DPs or three DP-like players in, in Chiellini, Bale, and Carlos Vela. Uh, not to mention well, I mean, that's not, a, that's not a, a, something to be proud of. I mean, that just means the, the Red Bull organization is not, doesn't care about... <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> I mean... No, I, I have a totally different perspective about it. You're right. It would be nice if we did have a higher paid forward, and maybe they'll splash cash on it. We'll see. But I think it's just a great way to do business. It's like uh, uh, they it, it's not it's not about the, the star record. It's not about the name on the back of the shirt. It's about the name on the front of the shirt. That's the message. And I think no one does that better than New York Red Bulls. Well, I mean, this is all true for NYCFC as well. Like, I think this in, in theory true, and, has, and, and, yeah. and has been in terms of, uh, uh, you know, they're not being many obvious stars and, and it being a cohesive unit. But I think it seems like there, some of that has been lost uh, in this in this well, transition. I, it's funny. Both. It's funny. Essentially, you know how brothers always fight or whatever. Like the New York Rebels, when they were the only team, they were the big stars, the Metro stars. They always they had Robert Donadoni, Lota Mateos, Thierry Henry. They always had a big name star. And and then and then they just changed and then, and then with then NYCFC came in and NYCFC it's Frank Lampard it's uh, David Villa it's um, Ro- Robert Pirlo or Pirlo Andrea Pirlo Robert, Robert Pirlo <laughs> Bobby Pirlo Andrea Bobby Pirlo. Pirlo you know it's like it's like we'll be the big stars Yankee City New York City City of Stars and then what did they do they're like that's not how this works we need to balance roster we need to get obscure players we need, you know. Uh, so essentially, NYCFC and New York Red Bulls sort of followed. NYCFC started following the same playbook. You know, what what one is more of a high press system, where NYCFC is trying to be more a possession based system, whatever. Uh, Pep versus Klopp. Essentially, we have our little mini Pep versus Klopp thing going on. But at the end of the day, both clubs are about the name in the front versus the name in the back. Whereas here in LA, where I am, both the teams are about stars because LA is a city of stars, and they never change that. The LA Galaxy's policy has never been be like Real Salt Lake. Which is what New York Red Bulls did. Like Thierry Henry called in Gerard Houllier, who's Red Bull Global Soccer, and said, Real Salt Lake does it right. We need to do it like Real Salt Lake. And that's essentially what happened at the New York Red Bulls. This was the Jason Craig Salt Lake Lake years when they won it, when they were in the final a couple of years in a row. And like LA, to this day, LAFC and LA Galaxy, I don't think, you know, they always have a big name on the books Chicharito, Carlos Vela, you know, Robbie Keane, David Beckham, whoever wants Zlatan, you know. The, the, the philosophy here in L.A. is always have a star. Where in New York, they like both of those teams are like, nah, no, nah, no. Nah, it's about a cohesive unit, you know. So I just think it's funny how similar they are. Like 
NYCFC should be something different. They should have some big-name player, right? It's the Yankee Stadium. It's New York. But I don't know if it serves them, so they don't do it, you know? Uh, that's why I just think the New York rivalry is fun because they're essentially similar, in my in my opinion. All right. Well, it wasn't a lot of fun for me this week, but uh, <laughs> but and, and, and someday it'll be less fun for me. So you you win some, you lose some. This week was great. The, the New York Red Bulls have no silverware other than their supporter shield. We're in the semis of the U.S. Open Cup, playing against either Nashville or Orlando. The one remaining game. And I'm hoping, you know, we're, we're only two wins away from our first piece of real silverware. So, you know, good on us. Good on us. Uh, well, the other away, game was... Away in, away in Orlando next, so that's not going to be easy. You mean if Orlando... Did, Orlando didn't play Nashville yet, did they? they oh, happen. well, Orlando if they... Yeah, Orlando or Nashville. That's true. I think, that's I think on, it's that's away on in Nashville. Yes. Either. Yeah. I think it's either or. I, both those games are going to be tough. Yeah. Um, uh, the other game was Sporting Kansas City versus Little o Union Omaha. They had a great run. Sporting Kansas City destroyed them 6 nothing or something and ended their dreams, I believe. What was the – or was it 4 nothing or something? Uh, let me take a look here. I should, I said, I should be more prepared here. 6 nothing, 6 nothing. Uh, two goals from Felipe Hernandez, two goals from Saloy, um, and, and a goal from Kyra Shelton. So they ended the Union, Union Omaha's um, – and they ended Union Omaha Cinderella run. So Sac Republic is the last remaining minor league team. Uh, maybe they'll make a go for it as we dwindle and wind down here the U.S. Open Cup. Uh, we have a comment here from Daniel Young. Previous to the season starting, I made a prediction that the New York Red Bulls will finish between third and sixth in the Eastern Conference. A lot of my fellow NYCFC fans laughed at me. Well, they're just being proud. I think New York, that's a very safe prediction. The New York Red Bulls have made top six the last 12 seasons in a row. So... I don't think anything about that's going to change this year. And um, they're looking pretty good, despite them only being third or fifth place right now. I think I think they've, you know, I think they're looking good. Looking good. The, 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 the one brightness to all this here in L.A. and New York is both New York and L.A. teams seem to be having pretty good seasons right now. No, you know, Galaxies may be teetering on having another disappointing season. But the other clubs, I think, are having very good seasons. But the one thing about NYCFC is, and I talked to another NYCFC fan about this earlier, you think it's time to hire a coach now. It's a summer break. Like, there are European coaches available. There are other MLS coaches available. I remember I threw out Reyna, whoever the guy was, from Charlotte FC. I think he might be a good fit up at NYCFC. Do you think it's time to hire what? a permanent head coach? Well, whoever. I'm, I'm asking you. It's not going to be that guy, I predict. Yeah, well, but uh, is it time, or or should stick with Nick Cushing? Well, think? I mean, I hate to, you know, it's been it's been three games. I hate to, uh, uh, um, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'm not behind the scene. It's see, like there the there's some there's some un there's some unsettling signs. Usually, you know, like you get a little bounce immediately after a new, after there's a new coach and we have not gotten right. that. There seems to be sort of a lack of focus and discipline. We had more tussling uh, in, in yesterday's game against, uh, against Philly. And so, um, yeah, I don't, I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not one to, to, to sort of be like, super reactive after three games um but it's not it's not going well so far no it isn't i'm i'm telling you it might be time to this will be a good way to see um if i'm 
uh, again, if, if I'm NYCFC brass, it's time to go hire a big old coach soon. <laughs> big old. I mean, yeah. I don't know. It seems like every coach we hire, every, the first chance they get, they they leave. And and I don't know. It doesn't seem hire Bruce Arena. It seemed like it seemed like the last time Bruce hire Arena an American hired American coach. How about that? You nut. Should we get we could get Jason Christ back? You can Jason Christ. You can get Chris Arma. He's available. Take These Mike uh, Pecky's available. Take. Those are those are all terrible ideas. So I don't. I uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know who's available. I don't know who they can get. Who is DC United guy is available? Wants, the guy uh, who's fired. I don't think that he would be a good fit either. There's a uh, lot of. Uh, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's up. It's up. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I've been going on about this for three. Dominic for three weeks. Is it's un. Of, yeah, he's Don, yeah, available, could, right? Doesn't he? Could bring him back. He's, no, he he's been in, out of work for a while. He's in Turkey, isn't he? He's in Galat. He's a uh, coaching. Galatasaray. Uh, or he uh, said he coached past tense. I think he stopped. Hold on, let's see here. Oh, he's out. Uh, team match. He's out at Galatasaray. He was there for like only half a year. Uh, he was fired for poor results on June twenty first. So he was fired five days ago. So he's available. Oh, see, I uh... oh, he's available. Um, okay, is there any news on Sonny Kitzel coming to MLS? Yes, as said on the broadcast over the weekend, he was he, he put pen to paper at DC United, but he failed a physical, and the transfer was canceled. And it looked like he's about oh. to resign in Germany. It looks like Germany's going to keep him. I think the head coach of of the club um, is going to. Um, uh, he's going to stay in Germany. So unfortunately, uh, that looks like it's not happening. It's the latest news, but 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 I don't think anything's official about that yet. Uh, speaking of Germans coming to MLS, a texture over the weekend, but St. Louis City FC just completed the signing of one Edward Löwen. Edward Löwen. Yep. VfL Bochum. He was Very called surprising. Ger- he was called German International. Edward Löwen. So I had to Google him. I'm like, what the heck does that mean? He well, was he a youth international. In, he he was played on the in the Olympics. School. He played but, in the Olympics. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, cool. uh, but that, but that's a type of signing I love. He's like, he's like a honey Mukhtar, like a, a good quality trained German player from the system who maybe isn't going to be a big star in Germany, but would be a huge, but would be an excellent utility player here. In the West. I mean, so. he's a, he's a, he's a, uh, uh, at this point, a level below honey Mukhtar. We'll see. We'll see how he does. I mean, he's, he's a, he's a solid midfielder. He wasn't a consistent starter for Bochum. Um, and yeah, we'll see. I don't. I mean, I think Hani Mukhtar is is, and he also he does, he plays a little further. He little he plays a little further back. So yeah, but interesting. I didn't think. I thought Bochum was trying to keep him. Um, I guess he was on loan, right? I don't think he was actually. Our, yeah, yeah. He was loan. I, I don't know who owns this book. So let me look up real quick. I think it was Evolve Sport, maybe. Maybe. Um, Cone or something. And uh, so I thought that Bochum might be trying to sign him, but I guess that wasn't in the cards, and now he's coming to America. Hertha. He was on the books of Hertha. Oh, Hertha. Right, right. Which right. is hilarious, because it's like Hertha had a rough season compared to Bochum. So probably yeah, it seems like Hertha. they could they could use him, but I guess not. Daniel Young, I prefer Hispanic American coach to NYCFC. Interesting. Here's one. Hugo Perez. How about that for a head coach? Hugo Perez. Or here's another one. Tab Ramos. Tabare Ramos, think, um, New York soccer legend, former Houston Dynamo coach. He didn't do well in Houston at all. No, but he was a longtime U.S. youth coach. We'll see. And Hugo Perez, I think, is doing a great job down in El Salvador. 
maybe he can. I think he'd be a great coach. That's true. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know. And maybe, yeah, we'll see. It's it's very it's very discouraging. The whole just sort of having the rug pulled out from under. You know, we were thinking. I was thinking dynasty repeats more, yeah. and now it's just like, oh, can we even? Uh, win a game again? I don't know. We'll we see. We all we all want our Sir Alex Ferguson. We want our like. We we all want. I we Abner or Abner. I mean I'll take I'll take our version of Brian Schmetzer. You know, like even oh, yeah. Uh, 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 yeah, Medi Bellucci. I said that on Twitter a couple of weeks ago. Right. Medi, Medi Bellucci will come will become our our Brian Schmetzer maybe at some point, but not right now. I also pitched the idea earlier. What 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 about Brian Schmetzer himself? I wonder how he would do outside of Seattle. You know, he's not going anywhere. He's tenured. No. He's got tenure, and he's doing great. Seattle, since they've won the Concacaf Champions League, they have turned themselves back on in the MLS. So, like, good, Champions League's done. Back to MLS, and they had a great three 0 victory over Sporting Kansas City over the weekend. So, let's talk uh, uh, MLS on the weekend. I watched a lot of games this weekend. I went to the LAFC game live. I watched as many as I can on my beautiful ESPN Plus package. And I was also focusing on another project, which maybe we'll talk about uh, towards the end here. But um, so oh, let's see. Let me look at the schedule. I think the first game I saw was FC Dallas-Austin, which was a really great game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to say there was a game on Friday, too. Let me just see what was the schedule here. MLS. Uh, all right. Let me go up. Yesterday, Saturday. On Friday. Friday had Cincinnati beating Orlando City one to nothing. Good on them. I did not see this game, but good for Cincinnati to get them three points. Then on Saturday with Seattle creaming sports in Kansas City. Uh, I want to say Jordan Morris got a goal. Uh, good for him to keep scoring and good on Seattle Sounders. Like I said, they turned it right back on. Uh, the DC United Nashville game. I watched this. Uh, DC United in rough shape. Their season continues to just go further and further down the toilet. And Nashville had a very confident 3-1 win at D.C. Uh, Montreal beat Charlotte, I want to say, due to a last-minute goal. I could be wrong about that. Uh, Toronto beat Atlanta United. Let me check on this Montreal thing. No, it wasn't a last-minute goal. It was two quick goals up top, and then Montreal got a goal in the second half at the beginning uh, for a 2-1 win for Montreal over Charlotte. Toronto beat Atlanta United uh, 2-1. Good on them because Toronto is having a rough season. They need some points uh, to get a few points over Atlanta United. Houston beat Chicago 2-0. Chicago's very, very disappointing season continues. Inter-Miami beat Minnesota due to two very last-minute goals from Indiana Vasilev. Uh, uh, Minnesota controlled the game, was up a goal. This is in Miami. Then Indiana Jones himself, Indiana Vasilev, came off and came on in the 80th minute. He scored like the 86 and the 89th or something. I don't know who Indiana Vasilev is. Indiana Vasilev, which is his name. Great name. Oh, uh, he's from he's a Villa. Player. He's a low knee from he, he, Villa. A young American who was a big young upstart guy over at Aston Villa to keep an eye on. And he's loaned to Inter Miami, loaned him for some firepower up top. And he is making a name for himself. So I mean, speaking Indiana of Vasilev. making a name for himself, he's got an Indiana yeah. Vasilev. <laughs> I know, is that a great is name? There a better, <laughs> is there a better name in, in all of MLS? <laughs> no, I love that. Yeah. And he is doing it. He's doing great. Like, he's a type of loan I like. Like I talked about earlier, like New York Red Bulls, we should get Matthew Hoppy, you know, or, or, or Josh Sargent. 
or some like some there are americans on the books in josh Sargent, he's that, making premier league wages he's not well, coming he's to championship MLS. now honestly i don't want Josh Sargent to be honest i want matthew hoppy and like you know we'll take him for a few months we'll take you for a season what a great way to like get in the habit of like that's what gareth bale is thinking get it gareth bale saying train uh, in la Train in L.A. I mean, he's thinking about golfing in L.A., I think. hey Oh, Tom. We got Tom back. Tom, elephant in the room. Gareth Bale. That's right. Gareth Bale. I'll talk about the LFC game on Sunday. I'll talk about that in a bit. But let me just somebody was uh, somebody was tweeting. Somebody was tweeting. I forget. I think it was Louis Echevit. Forget who it was, but somebody was tweeting. Well, now Gareth will finally have to learn Spanish, which I thought that was was pretty funny. (laughs) That's a great. That is a great tweet. That is a great tweet. A hundred percent. You'll finally have to learn Spanish. <laughs> Very true. If you don't speak Spanish, LA could be a tough place. Uh, and then, so then there was Austin and Dallas, the Texas Derby. Two great teams. FC Dallas is a great team to keep an eye on, just as a U.S. fan, because they create a lot of our best players, and they have some of our best players. Paul Ariola, Jesus Ferreira, also young Paxton Pomacol. You to keep an eye on him. Uh, but Austin. Uh, someone was up to nothing. I think it was Dallas scored two. And then Dallas was and up, and Austin came back. Came back, and then and then I think it was close to the half. Dallas scored two goals with Paul Ariola and Brandon Cervania, and then uh, Sebastian Druzzi scored, pulled one back. Then Danny Hosen uh, came. Danny Hosen, who he, he forgot he was on their on the team. He was like. He'd been when struggling they first, with injuries. When they he, first uh, uh, set up their roster, when they were new, they were he was one of their first signings, or they got him in the expense. I was like, that's not it. Man. Right. He's not, but, but he is he not out, the he guy. He also had injuries. But he came, he, he, yeah, he, he tied the game. He came off the bench, and he almost won the game. He... Um, he got a, a. He was just very effective in a short play, and it ended up being a very well fought two two draw between two great Texan clubs. Uh, and then that was Saturday, and then cut to I lost my thing, and then Sunday I went out to Bank of California Stadium, which I loved. It's a great stadium, and I always love going to LAFC game. And I went to watch LAFC versus my New York Red Bulls, and LAFC won two nothing. Due to two very and quick so counter attacks. So you switched allegiance. You you bought the you you bought the bail jersey. The you jersey. became you became a a, a, a um, you became LAFC an LAFC fan. LAFC bandwagoner. I bought an LAFC jersey recently just to have one. Uh, I, I don't have it yet, so I didn't wear it at the game. Uh, but uh, just like when I when I challenged my fandom when NYCFC came to town, I went to NYCFC to check it out. And to challenge my fandom, and all that was confirmed, I'm a New York Red Bulls fan. Oh. When I went to the LAFC Red Bulls game, I was bleeding Red Bulls. I don't know what to tell you. Like when they when LAFC scored, I was unhappy. When Red Bulls did well, I was happy. I mean, I'm a Red Bulls fan. What can you say? All but, right. L- but but LAFC is is my secondary team. That's like my local. That's my Western Conference team. All right. So so they still have to earn my heart a little bit. We'll see. We'll see. Um, they have so two things. First, a big nerd. I wore an N64 shirt. Oh, God, do I have it? Oh, I wish I had it. Um, I wore an N64 shirt, sort of to be a black shirt, neutral shirt with the N64 logo. The the stadium programs, when I went to the stadium, the programs they give out, which is a little piece of paper that has both lineups on, was themed. They got a look. program? Is this like a play? Yeah, like, a, what do they call it? A, a, a game day? Play a playbill? Play, 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 program, yeah. 
Uh, uh, and they were How designed... did they... Wait, 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 wait. How about you vamp? I'm going to go find it. Hold on, you vamp. Well, I'll show, I'll show the question, I don't understand how this works technically. It has the lineups. How can it have the lineups in it? The lineups get released an hour before kickoff. How do they print this thing with lineups in that period of time? That does not make sense to me. I don't understand it. I guess this would be like a playbill. Uh, there he is. Let's see it. We're going to see. Okay. So here I am. Let's see. With an LAFC playbill. Oops. So for those of you looking at the broadcast, well, I'll put the photo up. So first thing is the back of this. The back of this is just the lineups of both of the teams. Oh, so it's not the lineup. It's just the roster. The roster. Sorry, the roster. Because they don't know the lineup ahead of time. Right. Of those who traveled, like Aaron Long and Lukinius are not on this piece of paper because they were not with the club. Uh, but at the front of it is this. Do you, do you recognize this? This is, is a recreation of a Nintendo 64 box art. Oh. See, they have LA done like N64, the N64 logo, and they make it, literally it looks like NFL Blitz, the N64 game NFL Blitz. Uh, so they designed their programs to look like an N64 cart. And I every time, every N64 time. N64 shirt. No, I, this is the first time I've seen this. This is oh, the first okay. time I've seen this. Unless there's a theme I'm missing. So it was such kismet. I, I wore some random nerdy N64 shirt. I go to an LA. You didn't. Game. You didn't. You were. You were too timid to win, to yes. wear your Red Bull shirts. You didn't want to get your I ass was. kicked. Well, I could. Yeah, the true. 100. percent I did not get tickets what? to the supporter section, which are right above me. So I went to the section below it, and I was surrounded by New York Red Bulls fans anyway. So I should have worn. I should have worn it. Who cares? Um, so you were no 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 no. We need to. This needs this this deserves a little <laughs> bit more a little bit more attention. So you, please explain. You did you felt you felt unsafe wearing your Red Bull shirt. Yep. Yeah. What did yeah you, not 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 legitimately unsafe. I don't really care. What did you but think like, was going to happen? I didn't. People would. I don't know. People would be like, "Oh, look at this guy," or people would like would be like, "Oh, screw you," or maybe someone would throw a beer at me or something. I don't know. I, I don't. I, I was just like, I was just like, I'm gonna come solo. I just make the safer choice. I wore a black shirt, which which is available. My I have a New York Red Bulls jersey that's dark black and red. Like people wouldn't even tell it's a New York Red Bulls jersey. I could have worn that. Except it has two giant uh, red bulls on it. That's true. That's true. But it's faded a little bit. The LAFC jersey and the, the black Red Bull jersey are relatively similar. <laughs> uh, uh, but I wore I wore an N64 shirt. I wore a nerdy neutral shirt. <laughs> And uh, you, wore, you wore a shirt. If you had worn a shirt that said, please don't hit me. Right. <laughs> I, I, I should get a New York Red Bulls jersey on the back that says, don't hit me. Please don't hit me. No, no. But also I could have gone up and snuck the That is amazing. Section. I am just really, I'm just surprised. I don't, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not, not as bold I, as you. I'm not as bold I as really you. am not no. one to, I mean, if you asked. Uh, I've uh, seen I'm not LAFC. One to, I'm not one to look for confrontation gratuitously. But I've, I've been, I've happily worn my NYCFC outfits to many, to many away games. The worst thing that's ever happened is uh, somebody in Montreal knocked a glass of wine out of my wife's hand. That yeah, is the, but th that's, that's the harshest thing. Yeah, I mean, do? but this Did is fight back or something. What happened? No, he was he was quick to run away. I was uh, outraged. Oh, I was like, "What the fuck? This is Canada. Yeah. Everybody's supposed to be nice." 
And uh, yeah, that's like a and that's a fifty dollars of water. This was out of <laughs> yeah. I guess I hadn't considered that. So uh, this was um, anyway. I went to the game. A one a time, time. This was a one time event out of many many games. Anyway, please continue. Not true. No, I'm also what I didn't really care that. Much. Also, I was kind of like I, I worked till seven a.m. and the game was at noon and I had to find parking, so I had to leave my house at ten a.m. So I went, I napped for like an hour and a half, and I just grabbed whatever shirt, and I, I went, I left. Like, I didn't do a lot. Of, I didn't do, like, game paint or anything like that. Right. But um, but right. it was the one time the New York Red Bulls were in L.A. this year, so I went to go see it. It was lovely. I always have a great time at LAFC. And good on you, LAFC, for getting a good 2-0 win. The crowd was great. It was on ABC, I think it was the national broadcast. Yeah. Um. So that was that game. I'm and still a was- happy Red Bulls fan. They held the ball. They controlled the game. They had more chances. They were they were more for a team that 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 is tired from their midweek game on the road without their two stars. I thought they did a pretty dang good job. So I'm a pretty happy Red Bull fan these days. Um, so that was Sunday, and then yeah, let's see. And then let's keep going. Philly, uh, Philly, NYCFC. That's right. Uh, that was kind of a harsh game. It was, it was a couple not, of last, uh, last minute goals, right? Uh, yeah, there was, um, uh, well, how to be, I mean, I didn't go. So I often also, I often travel to Philly for these games. Right. This, right. I, this time I didn't go. Cause I, I thought, you know, the, the, the Philly did not play in the open cup, uh, midweek. And so right. I thought, I mean, usually the, the, the travel, the away team on short rest is not, is not favored to win. And so, and Philly still, they still hold a grudge from the playoff game. They were going to be, right. they were going to be motivated. I did not have high expectations, so this was. I was like, yeah, we're probably going to lose this. And in the first half, we played quite poorly. Uh, very disjointed showing. Uh, Philly had many chances. Scored one really weird goal where it looked like there was a cross in, and it looked like both Cheneau and. Sean Johnson had it covered and it just kind of bounced off and trickled in. It was very weird, very weird goal. And then, but that should have been, I mean, Philly should have had more. They was, they were very dominant the first half. And then the second half, beautiful, a beautiful thing happened, which is that Anton Tinnerholm came off the bench after, mm-hmm. after being off for more than a year, I think, or almost at least something close to a year with an Achilles tear he went down at red bull arena actually i think it was against nashville just uh, without any any contact went down it was immediately looked bad and and um uh so for him to come off the bench uh was just great to see and he immediately the fullbacks had not done well on we had chris gloucester on the left and uh anton tinnerholm on the right and uh, uh, at halftime, Nick Cushing swapped them both and um, replaced Tinnerholm for Gray and Malta Amundsen for Chris Gloucester. And immediately things went better. Like there was a lot more um, coming forward and the team improved. We had uh, not a lot of clear-cut chances. Talis Magno had, had, had three, had I think, three pretty good looks. And each time tried to pass it into the goal, but ended up just passing it right to the goalkeeper. Like really just these very sort of harmless shots in promising positions, kind of frustrating. Hmm. And then we got a, uh, I think it was 88th minute. We got a handball call against, well, first of all, something that I've, I hadn't seen ever before is, you know, we had a tussle on Wednesday. We had another tussle in this case, 
with the physio, the Philly physio who was treating oh, I saw that. was yeah. treating one of their players got into our players' faces and, and had to carded, right? but yeah. got red carded and even Kai Wagner his own so what's player going his on? Own What's going on? What's going on with you guys over there? I want to see what's up. Well, in Forget this case, it, in, in right? this case, in this case, I think the, this was. Uh, uh, um, I don't know. This might have been a symptom of of just the union in general having, you know, being a little uh, uh, um, amped out about us as a team and, and that sort of trickling down even to this guy. I mean, this is like, you don't do that. You're not, he's not in the game. He's there to help no, his no. player. He should not be. I mean, that is just it's crazy. How, how many how many physios have gotten red cards in the history? Of I mean, I, yeah, I, I don't know. And it's like, what <laughs> is what are you other. what are you doing? You know, and uh, uh, and he really he was relentless. He kept coming and and yeah. uh, and then sort of walked off uh, high fiving people. I mean, it was really an odd an odd thing. And um uh, yeah, so that was weird. But yeah, I mean, I guess to your point, there is something, there's something going on. We get very involved in these kinds of things right now, and that is not helping us. But in this case, we did play well, and then we get a handball. Kai Wagner, who was the most upset, first with his own, with, his, with the physio, he was the one right. basically telling him to, to leave. Right. Uh, uh, he then gave up a handball and was even more upset about that. He did not feel like, I mean, it was pretty clear cut. He was sliding in. He had his mm -hmm. arm up right? and it hit his, hit his, hit his hand. And so Tati Castellanos converted that. And I felt like, oh, this is positive. We have, you know, sort of didn't start out well, but made some good adjustments at halftime, improved in the second half, didn't really you know get too much going but neither did philly actually they had very after having a lot of good chances in the first half and really have should have been up more in the second half didn't do much at all and so i was feeling pretty good about things and was like oh we'll happily take this road point on short rest and then more drama ensued where where then uh, jose martinez sort of shoots this is actually if i can say i carry some responsibility here because I I was tempting fate by making fun, you know, Max, my son and I were watching this on, on TV and I was making fun of Corey Burke. Corey Burke, sure. I mean, Corey Burke, bullying Corey Burke, you bullying young Corey Burke? Come Corey on. Burke comes off the bench. He looks like he can barely walk. He is like a, I, I don't understand. <laughs> His Corey. goal was very scrappy. I don't understand right? Corey yeah. Burke. He like, he, he, uh, uh, basically hurts himself every time he goes after the ball. Anytime he has to sprint, he looks like he needs to, to, to go to rehab. I would, I was, so I was, I was mocking him in front of the TV. I was saying, Oh, Brace yourself. Corey Burke is coming off the bench. Whatever will we do? You know, and so, uh, uh, and I got punished for this hubris. Uh, there was a shot from distance from Jose Martinez and it bounced off Corey Burke. I mean, he knew nothing about this. He, he takes no credit, but it bounced off of him and surprised Sean Johnson and went in. And at first it was ruled offside because there were two players offside in front of Sean Johnson, but Corey Burke, who it bounced off of, was not offside. And upon VAR review, the ref decided that the two other offside players were not really interfering, which I think was probably correct. And so then we lost the game 2-1. to one. However, we, could have, we should have had another handball penalty, or could have, in the very last uh, uh, 
second, there was a uh, another uh, Philly player, I forget who it was, touched the ball with his hand lightly in the box. And then for reasons for reasons unknown, that was decided was not a penalty. The world and that was world the last to get you guys over there. That was the last yeah. uh, the last kick of the game. Yeah. Anyway, so and then more post game tussling. Also, I don't know Philly Union very celebrating very ostentatiously about this, like Corey Burke flipping off our fans. I don't know. That's not cool. <laughs> Yeah, the rival original NYCFC and Philly's building, dude. That's Everybody build hates stuff. us, I guess. Everybody hates us now. Well, and, what I will uh, say, what I will say is that since co- in a in a slowly post COVID world, just everyone's just riled up. Like I'm not just talking about I mean, MLS. Yeah. I'm just talking like like in in the league in the, in league on in France, games get abandoned seemingly all the time because like people and up in the northeastern corridor especially in the big cities like in New York and in Philly where people had to be freaking like uh in quarantine like a powder keg you could tell like we're out and about and and people are not happy I guess uh, I guess uh, yeah. fearless civil and war civil war is imminent all right it's just, it's just a little people are fighting we need a little peace we need a little love uh but at the end of the day Philly is doing great they're top of the east right now NYCFC. Yeah, is, because uh, of this, because, because of this, because of the game in hand. Hold on, because of what? Well, if we, had tie, if we would have tied, if we had tied, <laughs> we would have kept it. Yeah, <laughs> if we would have tied, <laughs> you didn't tie. You lost. Uh, so Philadelphia is top of the East. NYCFC is second in the East with a game in hand. You still have a game in hand. Yeah, except we reason. can't win. We don't win anymore, so it doesn't matter if we have games in hand. Montreal third. Good for them. Because they they, they, they um, need a good season. My New York Rebels fourth place. I'm more than happy about that. Orlando City and New England fifth and sixth, and Cincinnati in seventh. God, do I want Cincinnati to make the playoffs this year? They've got a great fan base, a great club, and they just could never get it together. And I would love to see them in the playoffs. Uh, and then you know, um, Chicago and DC United in the basement, really struggling. Columbus and Toronto kind of rebuilding this year a little bit. Although Columbus doesn't have much to be excited about, except for the huge new super signing. Chicho, which seemingly came out of nowhere. Columbus just splashed some real cash on a young Colombian number nine. So good on them. Good on Columbus for doing that. We'll see if that'll turn their, their fates around for the second half of the season. Atlanta, 10th place. Charlotte's an expansion year, so ninth place with a new coach. Inter-Miami, 8th place. You know, you kind of expect that from Inter-Miami. Still getting their act together a little bit. Um, and there you go. That's what the East is looking like. We're about halfway done the season. Uh, and things are looking pretty, pretty balanced here. Like, like there's no, there's no one shockingly poor. Maybe you expect Atlanta United to do better with what they pay. Yeah, it's true. The, the, the bad teams are better this year. There aren't really a lot of, it's true. Yeah. I I just, I would just say if if Cincy makes the playoffs, I'd be a big, I'd be, I'd be all about that because I've got a special spot in Cincy. I like Cincy as a city. Western Conference, LAFC, top of the table, top of the league. And they've got reinforcements coming. And I wonder, Bjorn, if this will be a good thing or a bad thing for LA. I mean, I will. I have I have questions about their front line and just defensively. I don't know. We'll see. Gareth, if, if they all start. Well, those, those are the two fixes. And aren't Chiellini, one of the best center backs of history, although he's 37. He's yeah, he's a little... And Gareth Bale, one of the greatest goal scorers also of the past few seasons you know one of the um, greatest goal scorers these past two seasons gareth bale a few few <laughs> not two 
Because <laughs> it probably ended about two One years. of the few, few. best... No, no, a few seasons. He, few scored seasons. Goals in, he scored one of the greatest goals in Champions League final history. That was three years ago. You know. Okay. Uh, his super duper thing. You know what I mean? Don't don't poo poo Gareth Bale. You know Gareth Bale is a great player. I know his heart isn't in it. I know he I know he's a mercenary. Uh, uh, like like they would say in Brazilians, mercenario, mercenario. I know it's just a mercenary. Yeah, I mean, le, but le, he's a world class talent. He's player. he's going to be motivated. He he's leading yeah. Wales to the World Cup. He he. Uh... He's here to he's here to learn about the American defenders. He's here to learn about Aaron Long and Walker Zimmerman. He's being very smart. He's here to figure them out, and then in turn, Aaron Long and Walker Zimmerman, and and maybe Miles Robinson. We'll get to figure team. him out. We'll get to figure him out. So it's a win win, I think, for everybody. Makes everybody's going to everybody's get, everybody's going to get figured out, and then we'll have a scoreless tie against Wales because it's everybody's <laughs> new, just neutralizing each other. Oh, maybe from such from, not, from such probably. intimate such intimate knowledge. Right. Um, <laughs> I guess who's second place in the West, by the way. Uh, I don't have to guess. I can look this up. No, it's guess. Um, RSL man, Real Salt Lake, and Austin, and Austin is third. Yeah, they're having a great season this year. And again, just like Cincy, Austin has a great fan base and a great crowd. I know they tried to steal Columbus, but I don't hold them again. I don't hold that against them down there, except for the owner. And I think they're having a great year. FC Dallas with Paul Ariola. Nazis Ferreira, fourth place, having a good season. Nashville's having a strong showing again this year, just like last year, with my old boy Dax and, and different Walker conference, Zimmerman. different conference, uh, but still good. Still doing it, and our and our boy Hani Mukhtar, who's just playing week in and week out like a champion that he is. LA Galaxy, sixth place, they're slipping. Seattle Sounders are seventh because they're marching their way up. So in the second half of the season, I predict Seattle Sounders to climb. And I'm curious if Columbus will start to climb with their new with their new fun Colombian signing. We'll see. Let's uh, see. Yeah, yeah. Teetering right outside the playoffs. Uh, Vancouver and New England had a, the other game last night. A very boring scoreless draw. Vancouver in ninth. Uh, Colorado tenth. Portland eleventh. Maybe they're underachieving because you expect more from Portland. Minnesota twelfth, who just re-signed their head coach Adrian Healy for a few more seasons. Oddly enough, Even also twelfth place. Also tenured. Also tenured. Sporting KC in 13th place. They're having a rough. And San Jose. Oh, the tramp donkeys of the West. San Jose. They need to get their act together, too. Hey, um, what was hey. Machias Almeida's available? How, is, how, how do you think about Machias Almeida as my CFC coach? Do the I? Former San Jose I, coach. Should I say something about that? Is that a real, is that a real <laughs> idea? What is your problem with really talented Argentinian coaches? You hate them all. All the ones I offer, you're like no. What do you mean? Who the who are? Or just all the no, Spanish I would love, coaches. I would love a. I would love a guy from Charlotte. Now the guy from San Jose, Machias Almeida. They all got coach. fired for being terrible. Yeah, but that's also part of the club. I don't know. In terms of not just in terms of Machias on the field, Almeida's but also like. Coach. Well, the other two, Machias, Machias Almeida didn't have support from San Jose. To be, to be, to, no, this is not that. That I don't, I don't buy that narrative. He had, they brought in a bunch of his guys. He was responsible for part of that roster. This is not. He can't escape blame for the. I mean, he was there for many, many years. I don't know, Matias. The other two, by all accounts, seem. Uh, you know, there's questions about them on the field and off the field, in terms of like perhaps being questionable humans. So well, again, this is a whole nother discussion. You and my, you and I are two sides of the coin here. When I hear about 
coaches getting fired because they're too tough on how what they expect from their players. I, as a fan, am on the side of the coach. I'm like, these are million-dollar players. We pay a lot of money for season tickets. Yeah, they're not allowed to eat McDonald's before a game. I agree with that. Yeah, they're supposed to uh, uh, have a certain body fat percentage. I'm not against that. Uh, and what happens is the players complain and they get fired. And I'm worried there's just a general all-around lackadaisical culture that's supported here. And you know what I mean? Like, like so you have to yes-and it. You have to lean into it as opposed to a place like Europe where it's like our way of the highway. You're showing up at preseason with 24% body fat, you're fired. Contract canceled. We're here in MLS. It's like, yeah, that's fine. We'll spend a few months with you trying to stay in the way. You know I mean, what I'm saying? I don't, I don't think it's quite so black and white. I think there's lots of... There's lots of that in Europe too. Sometimes where people, you know, then people are are more committed than lot. others. We've had a lot here though. Gabriel Heinz, and, I think, was cut for that. The DC United coach was cut for that. The Charlotte FC coach was kind of cut for that. Uh, Brad Friedel, he wasn't fired for this fight for bad results, but he commented on that as well. We've had a lot of. But I think that's also. Out. I mean, that's also maybe you know, it's just a, it's just, it's, it's not like. It's not like we have all these other teams that are succeeding where everybody's overweight and nobody practices. I mean, it's like, you know, this is all it's part of your responsibility to 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 have people buy in. You can't just be like, you know, stomping your feet and yelling at everybody. And then like, you know, when it doesn't work and you get fired, then it's like, well, it's because everybody's soft. I'm you know, I don't know. Can you there's no uh, there's no responsibility there on the top on the part of the. I mean, I think every case is different. I'm not saying uh, I'm always on the side of the players or I'm always, I mean, you know, like Man United, I think it's probably an example for where where players are not taking any responsibility for the stuff that's happening or, or less right. than less than they, they should own, perhaps. Right. So I'm not, I'm not saying it's one way or the other, but I don't think, I certainly wouldn't say like, oh, yes, the coach should be tough and the players i don't know it's like it's a team right there's it's a there's a magic to it you well, gotta well not, i mean it's like why why should this happen now we look at you look at nycfc ronnie dyla leaves right everybody's the same all the players are the same everybody nick cushing is saying oh i'm not going to change anything we're gonna so what happened what's what's different psychology. i don't know there's psychology. a psych yeah it's like a Sports it's a psychology it's yeah. not it's not it's not a science it's an art it's like you don't know what you know what happens people think differently people sort of uh, uh the, the the attitude subtly changes in in ways that are hard to track and then something that was that was tight and 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 working before sort of falls apart it's a little and uh so yeah i don't know i think um i think it's very hard it's it's very hard to analyze those things and be like, oh, this is what happened. So to be like from the outside, oh, you know, they are all lazy and want to just eat McDonald's all the time, and that's not the coach's fault. I think is uh, uh, also reductive, perhaps, maybe. The great but I wouldn't. Williams. I would not. I would not want either of those guys coaching my team. To answer your question. Yeah, I mean, and it's not fair. because they're Argentinian or whatever. I don't have anything against Argentinian coaches. Are you or, sure? As a German, as a German, you never people, had a grudge against I mean, Argentinian soccer players. I guess, there's no, I guess, there's no uh, 1986 final, 1990 final, 2014 final. Tati, Tati. I mean, it's all, it's all, yeah. it's all, it's yeah. I mean, Tati Cassiano's Argentinian. It's all good. Maxi Morales. I, I don't. Uh, I have no problem. It's not a. It's yeah, not a. Are the, it's not a nationality thing. 
Argentinians are the patron saints of MLS. They're like our backbone. Uh, they like they give us our they they sprinkle in and give us our um, give us a little flair. Uh, anyway, um, so but I, I I a couple things. I would I would love to be a fly in the wall of a season at an MLS club and just see what it's like day to day, and and come up with my own conclusion to see how accurate versus not you know what i mean to see where i'd fall in i i uh, i recommend that um to be like oh yeah i recommend that nycfc documentary i think it's really interesting in that regard it yeah it's not uh, uh, um it doesn't yeah it's like it's a little it's very inside baseball because it doesn't really have a great beginning middle and end story, because right. the because the, the season was so kind of nondescript in the end but right. but it is for those things that you're describing sort of the behind uh, behind the scenes it is pretty interesting Seattle Sounders had a documentary too that came out a few years ago. Oh yeah, did they? Okay. So I just remember there being a great viral video of Ziggy Schmidt, just the great Ziegfeld Schmidt, rest in mm. peace, just ripping into him in the locker room at halftime, being like, "You are better than the, you know," like a real great like coach's speech, and it was sort of a preview to a full length documentary about the Sounders. And mm. I must have played the festivals or something. I don't know. I should look, I should go try to go find it. Uh, I was just going to say the great Uli Hess Lichtenberger, who's a great German soccer writer wrote an article about running into two players at McDonald's. I think he ran into David Seaman once, the great English goalkeeper, and he ran into a Dortmund player at, at, at McDonald's. And bo- both times, and they both had games the next day, and both times they both lost their games. <laughs> so, so that's it. Like, it. That's, great, so McDonald's science. Not great. Science. science. <laughs> McDonald's is not great prep. Like when Weston McKinney's, McKinney's doing his Chipotle commercials, and I was like, not too much Chipotle, okay? Like, lay off the Chipotle, bro. It's Chipotle. Like, where does that? Where does Chipotle rank on the on the McDonald's scale? If if McDonald's Honestly, is a ten, only only a little bit health, maybe only a tad healthier, you know. Probably less sugar, but you know how fast food is, you know. Uh, Tom, League One was ridiculous this year. Yeah, talking yep. about the Daniel Young. Yeah. Daniel Young thinks ten percent body fat or less. He was. Yeah, I agree. Agree at least I, at most. I think American MLS players are to be light are to been are too light to been fit. Uh, I agree that our league would be a better place. Yeah, because like you know, I, be, be like going to Europe doesn't make you a better player. The competition there takes the best out of you, so our players just adapt and get better. It's like it's just a mentality thing. There's no reason they can be that here as well. You know I, I mean? do not. Just, I, maybe they're a little too lax. I do. I absolutely don't agree. I think fitness no. is fitness is the least of 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 MLS's problems. I think uh, the fitness level is is probably the same or better than anywhere else. I I would. I would uh, uh, looking looking chubby. We got chubbyito around here. I'm seeing that belly. Well, on I mean, him. he said he has. Uh, well, this that's but that's a different that's a different problem, right? That's just, this is like. People who think, you know, like Iguain, this is, this is like people thinking they can phone it in. Well, but that's not. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I'm gonna say, yeah. I mean, I think there are probably examples like that of people who are, you know, those kinds of players. But I think in general, I don't think fitness is the problem. I'm gonna say. I mean, I mean, of the list of problems, it's at least on the very as low. It's not high. Um, and uh, I think the tempo is pretty high and, you know, like in terms of just run, you know, like people do a lot of running. I mean, I think it's I think it's almost uh, um, I think one could th- I'm just I'm now just kind of making this up as I go here. But but I think one could perhaps make an opposite case that there is uh, a too much emphasis on just kind of 
uh, uh, running and just physical like sort of intensity in MLS versus uh, maybe being a little smarter about the game itself. So I think I, I, uh, I would agree with that. The technique, I think uh, I think there is uh, yeah. I think I think that would almost almost sort of be the opposite take in yeah. a way. It's just triangles and counters. It's just like go to the side, triangle it up, try to get in the box, and then get them on a counter. Yeah, no, yeah. and and I, people I, I just going up. Yeah, people just going hard, you know, yeah. versus being like, oh, a little more um, space, trying to figure something out. You know, like um, Pirlo, Andrea Pirlo is is uh, you know is the pinnacle Robert. of fitness. Robert, Robert Pirlo. Pirlo. You're thinking of were you thinking of Robert Perez probably? No, or, he never no. played in MLS. I don't know where I got Robert from. I don't. Um, anyway, that. so. Uh, I think there's plenty of not that fit, you know, like, I don't know, Luka Modric, Tony Kroos. I mean, these are not, these are not physically imposing, you know, they're not like gym rats or that they're, you know, but there's like a, well, they, but they're, they're in peak physical condition. Tony Kroos and Luka Modric, they have to be with Real Madrid and what they're playing week in and week out. They're slim and they're, and they're fast. They're good to go. If, if Luka Modric, Tony Kroos came to LAFC, they'd be hitting up Indian Out Burger and they'd be a little chubby chub by next year. That's that's, that's, my, <laughs> okay. that's my that's my that's my conspiracy theory. That's so let's theory. see. Let's 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 uh, yeah. well, wait until find out. let's wait yeah. until Chiellini takes the yeah. takes the takes the takes the field after some of the some <laughs> after some of that. And uh, well, yeah, he's I mean, love the In and Out Burger and all the great Mexican cuisine that Southern California has to offer. Well, anyway, so that's that that's been the league in a nutshell. A halfway season almost. Next week, next Monday is July fourth. It's our special July 4th broadcast. I love July 4th. Oh, and you have something planned. I have something a little bit planned. We both do. This is going to so be over the, the, weekend, the, the, schnitzel, yeah. the, the Citizen Kane of the Schnitzel Boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rosebud. Our magnum opus. Our, magnum ma- opus. Our, our 4th of July magnum <laughs> opus next, next week. Tell your so, friends. So tell your friends. Uh, Daniel and Tom, please bring friends to the pod. We love you. We want your friends here. We had three viewers, by the way. I'm like, who's for, the third? Chime for, in. Uh, <laughs> we're a stranger. A stranger. A stranger tuning in. Uh, uh, the what was I going to say? Um, so, in the wake of this fun Apple TV news, there's so many uncertain things. There's so many things we don't know. As a fan, I've decided to offer my two cents to the league. And to maybe influence some decisions down the road. But anyway, I looked at all the local broadcasts over the weekend. And I analyzed all the local play-by-play guys and the play-by-play teams that every club has. And did a very thorough, um, very typical me with my ADHD. And maybe I'm on the spectrum somewhere, maybe. Uh, I did a very, very thorough analysis of all the play-by-play guys. And I wrote a little list of my least favorite to favorite. I'll talk about it a little bit, but I want to offer a definitive list. And Bjorn, maybe you'll play along too. And Definitely. Next week, next week, we will offer you our top 10, maybe, uh, or maybe top 15 of our favorite of the local MLS talent to maybe become the new national talent of our upcoming Apple For TV the Apple deal. TV deal. Yeah, yeah. that's it. I mean, it's... it's um... I'm definitely along for the ride. I, I, uh, it, it's been interesting to see because it's invariably, you know, I have a lot of Euro friends uh, that I hang out with um, who are soccer football people from Scotland or England or 
uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's mostly it. Scotland, England, actually. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah. and so totally. whenever, yeah. whenever I get them under duress to uh, watch some MLS thing or my team or something else happens, invariably there's immediate comments on the announcing, on the, right. the commentator. Oh, my God, how cringy is this commentary? Right. Right. And right. so... Uh, and, you know, sometimes I agree, sometimes I don't. I also, I mean, I also um, uh, get upset at a lot of the Premier League commentary on M NBC. I mean, I, I don't, uh, I yeah, I don't, I don't like everybody uh, that's, well, we talked, that's, so that's, but anyway, yeah, what I was going to say is that uh, it was interesting now that, um with this Apple deal that all these local teams are going away, there was just a lot of love expressed on Twitter and by people saying like, Oh, we're get we're, we love these guys. We love, we are so attached. Right. And, and I have to be honest, I was not, that was not my first, I was like, Oh yeah, those, I can kind of take them or leave them for the most part. Uh, um, and so I like this idea. I do think it's very much worth sort of looking into. And I think we could also, just talk a little bit. What makes a good announcer, and what are we? Right. What are we interested right. in? Yeah. What we'll do, do we like? Well, well, we have talked about like some people have, like I. Uh, well, yeah. Okay. Two things. Firstly, when I analyze, a I do love the local love. It's so interesting how, despite all the criticism, now that they're leaving, people are like, no, we love you. Where are you going? But you know, where was that support beforehand? Uh, on the Rail Salt Lake broadcast, David James, their play-by-play -play guy, and Brian Dunseth. Uh, did a, a pause for a minute and, and thanked the fans for reaching out on social media and sending messages. How it was not lost on them and how much support they got. And I think they I think the Real Salt Lake uh, announcing duo is a good duo. Brian D Dunseth D is great. Yeah, D D Dunny and DJ, DJ and Dunny, mm -hmm. uh, I think is what they're called. They are a great little duo. And uh, um, analyzing everybody, I must say that that the, the reason I originally I have a list from first to last, and I actually have it right here, but I won't maybe analyze it again. I, I felt that was unfair because even the guys that were on the lowest part of my list, it was very, very, very difficult to parse them through because even the, the guys on the bottom of my list were, I thought, pretty good and professional play-by-play -play announcers. Mm. Like, no one, no one is god-awful. Everyone is a pretty dang good professional play-by-play -play announcer. And I think everyone has a decent person at the very Well, I think the I think I think um... – you know, like a lot of them are not really soccer people. I think Joe Tolleson, right. Joe Tolleson is not a soccer guy by by inclination or history. I think right. you know he kind of he 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 got into it, and and then and then they pair them with these color guys who are soccer people. Like Ian Joy definitely is, but I mean, I think both of the yeah. Just to give the NYCFC example, it's like I think they're fine. I mean, as opposed to the radio. Glenn Crooks, who's the the radio guy uh, for NYCFC, he's uh, uh, you know he was a, a college coach and and uh, he is a you know like a, a great his analysis is great. He really has a lot to say. I I I enjoy listening to him. He has a podcast. I don't think I you know I I, I don't seek out Joe Tolleson's <laughs> opinions about the team you know uh, outside of. Of his commentary and i think you know anyway but it's interesting it's going to well, be I interesting learned, to talk about today that joe tollison 
Is Joe Tolleson the program director of Sirius XM FC? I heard he's like his main job is he's like the producer at Sirius XM FC or something. Oh, is that which true? I, which I didn't know. Someone told me that. I was like, oh, so he has like a full time job as like a program director with soccer content. He was also Sirius. like doing some uh, announcing for the Rangers for hockey. So maybe it's just. Yeah, I was gonna say other. most of these guys are hockey guys, and I got. I guess we're saving previews, but like the other thing is the big the big elephant in the room for for American soccer broadcast is do you go British or not? Do you go British or not? That's well, probably yeah. topic number one. I, mean, I have and, and I, you you offered that right. I have a pro British bias, but you have an anti British bias, maybe. I mean, you know? I have an I just in the sense of like why does everybody have to be British? Like what is right. the I mean, I think I also um uh yeah, I think there is I think that sort of permeates a lot of American television aside from sports. I, you know, right. I've had that I had that in my professional life elsewhere where people just kind of get jobs solely based on having oh, yeah. an English accent. Like, As you an know, because that, you can't yeah, me? right, pro- right. Same thing, right? The Brits are taking all our jobs. Okay. It's, the uh, it's, are, they're, they're taking our jobs. It's just, uh, yeah. it's, it's, there's just sort of this implication that there's some kind of sophistication right. and knowledge and style or taste. It's all yeah. kind of implied just because of the way they speak. So, I don't know. I I have I do have questions about that. I don't think every yeah. I think there are other other um I mean certainly the whole especially in this country there's a, the the whole uh um uh South American or Middle American Central American tradition is completely pushed aside in favor of these Brits and it's like okay, right. I don't know. Like well, that's a whole another thing. The guy, the guy who's last placed on my list, and I won't say his name, we'll talk about it next week, is the only guy that kind of follows that tradition. He's like he's like a Hispanic American, and he and he speaks with a thick. I guess I'm kind of giving away because the only one, it's the only one, but like he speaks with like a Spanish accent, kind of a little bit, uh, uh, and he he does play by play. And you don't for like me, him. For me, I'm just like. That's the worst of both worlds. Like, like remember, remember a twenty eighteen World agree. Cup. I don't remember agree. the twenty eighteen World Cup when they had a guy. Well, they had a bunch of yeah. A, who's a great, a great Spanish language commentator? Spanish language commentating is amazing. I love it. Can they barely go wrong? There's that really deep voice guy at Unimas who's like Benvenido a lo football. I love that guy. <laughs> it's like tenemos un gol. Hola, presidente gol. Like I love that guy. There's another guy. And when he when he did that World Cup in 2018, he'd start every game by being like, "It's soccer time." <laughs> Remember that guy? And I I'm like, "What so, the yeah. hell is this?" It's like just be Spanish, like just. I do think the in broadcast. the I think in the in, in 2018, I do remember that they really made an effort to have a very diverse team, and it didn't always work. But, it's the but worst I do of both think I, like, well, I think, but I think that is where we should go. I do think I like the way that ESPN does the Bundesliga. They have a bunch of German guys, which sometimes, you know, they're, they're, sometimes they're not great. (laughs) Sometimes they're, uh, um, but the play by play guys are solid. You're talking about color commentary. The play by play guys on the Bundesliga broadcast are very solid. I think. Yeah. They're all English. They're all English. Ross, Derek Ray, who's Scottish. Yeah. And Ross, Ross. Yeah. I mean, Derek, Derek Ray does that thing where he like is very proud of how, (laughs) how well he can enunciate German. Well, he speaks good German. That, uh, that irks me a little bit the way he, I love it. 
I love we it. Have, uh, yeah. We have... We uh, have... So much to talk about. Clearly, we have a lot to talk about. So that's going to be that's going to be next week. A I, full analysis um, on the American soccer voice. Very good. The name of our oh, uh, Danielle Young yeah. is saying how right. if Apple TV is airing games on Wednesdays and Saturdays only, I think NYCFC will not play any further games at Yankee Stadium in the 2023 season and beyond. Do you think I'm wrong? We talked about this last week right. about this whole Randall's Island situation, this rumor that... Uh, uh, that the team might temporarily move to Randall's Island. And I think that is uh, uh, probably, at least partly, in response to that, that idea that, yeah, when there is even less, because this has been a problem. This is why, because uh, uh, Yankee Stadium was fought. We didn't have these scheduling problems for uh, a f- the first few years because the MLS schedule was much looser and much more sort of disjointed. And as the league is trying to streamline the schedule, that has created these problems because Yankee Stadium is not very flexible and then there's just certain dates that are not available. And yes, so I don't think you're wrong. I think this is uh, really putting further pressure on the team to find a different solution. And uh, we will just see... We will just see what that is. Baseball home games are very unpredictable when they will happen due to the variety of weather elements. Yeah, the the... The Yankee, the Yankee Stadium, even Yankee Stadium plus City Field doesn't seem even this this season. We have some RBA games in there. So uh, Daniel Young wants to see Snoop Dogg as yeah. a soccer commentator. I think it'd be well. He's a fan, actually. He like he he seems to like. Uh, um, you know who some... I worked with once upon a time? A little Stefan history here. A little little name drop. I did a I did a thing on MTV many years ago at a very small featured part on a show called Middle of the Night Show. And the Middle of the Night Show had a new guest host every week. And that week it was Waka Flocka Flame. Oh, okay. Waka Flocka Flame was a host. Really cool dude. I got to hang out with him set a little bit. And he was a very, very excellent, just what you think, a very positive dude, very funny, just a great, he was a great around presence on set. And he is a huge Atlanta United fan. And mm-hmm. I think he's been on Atlanta United broadcast before. Oh yeah, yeah, I have heard that too. Yeah, I've yeah, seen he's great. But yeah, I, I would love Snoop Dogg as a color commentator with a with a stuffy British voice, and it's in the back of the net, and Snoop Dogg coming on there being like, "Chill, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, double G, yeah, yeah." <laughs> I don't want to do too much of a Snoop Dogg voice. I'm old because I remember back when he was Snoop Doggy Dog. I remember. The old oh yeah, Doggy that's Doggy right. Days. That was uh, that was his uh, original. And then he um, he just I just yesterday my son made me listen to a new single that he put out with Eminem. Not great, oh, nice. not great. No, yeah. I wasn't impressed. Eminem and Snoop Dogg. That's classic radio. Those are golden oldies these days. I get. Yeah, I know they were sort of united in their in their <laughs> struggle for continued relevance. Yeah. So do you have anything else for us? We had a great uh, week of games in MLS. Uh, NYCFC um, could do... I had... Uh, no, we talked about Leuven. I don't know. I think we, we haven't quite... I guess this is also... You know, it's still early days. There's the the summer transfer window. I guess the little the little um, preview, ah. and we'll talk about this more, but just a, like kind of a, a, a planting the seed for future topics is that Jurgen Kohler, World Cup winner and, and defensive leg- legend... Jurgen Kola, uh, perhaps one of the greatest center backs of, of, of Germany of all time, maybe. Uh, he thinks 
that the favorite to win the title this year is Dortmund and not Bayern. Well, he's also a longtime Dortmund player, isn't he? He played for both. He played for both uh, oh, really? both Dortmund and Bayern. Yeah, um, I don't know where his allegiances lie now, but uh, well, but the, a... the, the, this is just this is just to say, and we'll get into this more. Right. That uh, um, the Dortmund has got rid of, the Bundesliga Dortmund has had a great players. Dortmund has had a great transfer window. And but, but uh, overall, the Bundesliga in general, what they did was they. They got rid of their two best players. <laughs> and they're like, good. Now we got rid of those guys next year. We'll Wait, be who are you? Who we're talking about Lewandowski and who? Erling Holland. Oh, right. Right. <laughs> That's what happened this summer. He's the, the second best. Like, I guess. Okay. I mean, for attacking Yeah, players, and we had, sure. we had, uh, and there's a lot more. There's a lot more of that. There's now uh, the, um, uh, Awonyi, the from Union Berlin, just is going to Forest, and uh, he's a young talent. Uh, yeah, I mean right. that's definitely that's true. That is a thing. Um, the two the two marquee players the Bundesliga had, if you had to pick two, was Erling Haaland, Robert Lewandowski. I mean, Robert the old, Lewandowski, the old money, the new money. He is not. He's not gone yet. This is still that's still getting worked out. But last, uh, see, but then on the other that, hand, yeah. on the other the flip side to what you're saying is Saudi the Saudi Mane transfer right. in is 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 the biggest in i don't know about ever but certainly in a long time that's exciting that's exciting that's true maybe i'm being unfair that is true yeah that's exciting sadio mani coming in for Bayern mention you know i mean i, I wish jogan color the best i would love to see dortmund win a title again uh, they got they got the Nicolas Zula, which is a big the, the big they thing about a, Dortmund we, is can they plug up their defense for crying out loud? I mean they I, have I'm new not, they have a bunch they have a whole new back line yeah they have Schlotter, <laughs> Schlotterbeck and Zula are are new uh, and I mean on paper that is a good looking team we'll see yeah that's the German back line pretty much um, and how much how much faith do you have in the German back line <laughs> well when they, when Tony Rudiger is involved I have a lot of faith uh, with Adam yeah, we'll yeah. see. But yeah, this uh, obviously there'll be a preview. We'll, we'll get into this more, but this is just right. something that I read today. Jurgen Kohler has faith in Dortmund. But next week, July fourth, Shinsu the Boy special, we dissect the voice of American soccer. All so right, tune in next week for that special. I'll be releasing the podcast. For John me. Strong up, John Strong, thumbs up or thumbs down? Uh, thumbs up. I think thumbs up. You know, I'm okay, okay with John Strong. Uh, my my favorite and. American commentator of all time is probably JP Della Camera. I love JP. Uh, a little preview for him. Uh, we we'll right. talk about what makes a great commentator, different types of commentators. Another topic is a lot of them are hockey guys where I want to offer a different sport we should be stealing commentators from. Tennis. We'll save that. No, not tennis, but maybe not a bad <laughs> idea. We'll save that for next week. We'll save that for next week. One of my favorite local play-by-play guys is a very, very clear um, type of announcer from this a favorite American sport. And uh, I think it's a great voice that serves the American soccer game well. And I wish we could explore it more, but we don't. There aren't too many of guys from this sport doing soccer. But I'd love to talk about that again next week. I leave you on the edges of your seats as the Schnitzel boys dissect the American soccer voice. Sounds good. Uh, any other last thoughts, Bjorn? That be it. That be it. Another great week in MLS, American soccer. We'll see you all next week. We're again the July 4th special with the the American voice. Uh, like and subscribe. Rate and comment. Tell your friends. Tell your parents about us. Tell your brothers and sisters. Tell, tell your, your cousins, grandparents. Tell your enemies. 
Tell your grandparents. Tell your great-grandparents. Tell your adoptive folks. Tell everybody. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Daniel Young. Thank you. And remember, there's a live chat. There's a party every Monday night. Come oh, hang out yeah. with us. Oh, yeah. Well, there's Schnitzel Boy. And maybe out. my maybe my my daughter will walk in again. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, Bjorn being a dad, that's fun and heartwarming to see. Alright, tschüss. Bis nächste Woche.